Now regardless of what opinion a person follows, what understanding they follow, that yudunina alayhinna min jalabi bihin, it shows that they must wear the jilbab or that they must take a portion of the jilbab and cover the face with it. Regardless of which opinion a woman follows, what is clear is that tabarruj is not allowed. Alright? Tabarruj. What is tabarruj? We learned earlier about it. وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَ تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ الْأُولَى Do not do tabarruj like the tabarruj of the earlier times. And what is tabarruj? Displaying adornment. So even if a woman argues that, okay, covering the face is not wajib, I respect your opinion, that's fine. It's acceptable, it has a place in our religion. But at the same time, this does not mean that we can do tabarruj. Right? That for example, we cover our faces with makeup and we wear our jewelry and everything and wear extremely fancy hijab, that the hijab doesn't become concealing, rather it becomes attractive. Right? Because when it comes to tabarruj, this is something that's clearly forbidden. In the Qur'an, Allah has clearly forbidden it. And in hadith also, we learn a hadith in Musnad Ahmad, that once a companion, Amr bin As radiallahu anhu, once he was traveling, and with him were a group of people. Alright? And as they were traveling, all of a sudden, Amr bin As radiallahu anhu, he changed his route. Right? He changed his path. And when they looked, they saw there was a, a woman sitting on her camel, and they were wondering what happened over here. So Umar bin As radiallahu anhu, he explained that something similar happened when he was with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam once. That they were going and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam changed his path. And he said at that time that over there, there was a flock of birds. Alright? And there was one bird amongst them that was very different. Crows, and amongst them was a bird that was all white with red feet and a red beak. Very rare. Alright? Unique, alone, different, and you don't generally see this kind of a bird. Alright? So the Prophet wasallam said that in Jannah, only such women will enter. Such meaning those who are very few. Because the majority of women, they fall into what? Into the baruj. They fall into displaying their adornments. And the narrator, he said, that I saw that on the camel was a woman, and on her hands were a lot of rings and a lot of zina, and she had, you know, both her hands were basically out of the hawdaj. Alright? So basically she was doing tabarruj. So the Prophet ﷺ gave a clear warning over here, that majority of the women, what happens to them, they fall into the trap of tabarruj. Right? And those who don't do tabarruj are as rare as that all white bird with a red beak and red feet. This is how rare they are. And this is what I say that, you know, for example, even when it comes to women who wear naqab, it's as if they are, you know, an endangered species, literally. Endangered species. This is what's happening. So few. You know, call me conservative or extremist or whatnot. Say whatever you want or think whatever you want. But if this is in the Qur'an, I can't ignore it. I spend so much time reading different opinions on this, but I can't help but ignore this ayah of the Qur'an. Can you? Seriously, if this is in the Qur'an, can we ignore it? You know, it's one thing to understand that I can't do it given the situation that I'm in. 
And I am careful about tabarruj, right? I am careful about, you know, my interaction with men. Beautiful. Excellent. But it's another thing to, you know, say that, no, this is not a part of our religion. It is a part of our religion. It's not a bad thing. It's not something that should be looked down upon. It's something that we should strive towards. Ask Allah to help us. And yes, it's a very, very difficult decision. I remember the first time I put it on, I told you the story, right? I was scared, which is why the moment I could take it off, I took it off. And then later on, eventually when I decided, when I studied these verses, and I decided to put it on, I was scared. I was scared of stepping out of the house. And I wasn't living in Canada at that time. I was living in Pakistan where everybody's supposed to be Muslim. It's supposed to be easier. But it wasn't easy. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does make it easy for you. I should show you my my university card, my Watt card. I went to University of Waterloo. When I got my card made, you know, you have to take your picture, right? So I went to get my picture taken and get my card made. And I was wearing my niqab. And the lady, I was like, okay, should I take it off? She's like, no, no, you can keep it on if you want. I'm like, seriously, it's supposed to be an ID, you know. But she said, you can you can keep it on. So I kept it on and she took my picture. And my card actually has my picture with the niqab. It's expired, it's extremely old. But I have kept it. I have kept it, you know, to remind myself that it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's difficult. You have to fight yourself every day. But it's not impossible. There will be times when it's extremely difficult and there will be times when it's easy. But the intention has to be right for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Let's look at the ayah again. Ya ayyuhan nabiyyu qul li azwajika wa banatika wa nisa'il mu'mineen O Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa you tell your wives, you tell your daughters, you tell the women of the believers that yudnina alayhinna min jalabibihin. They should take their jilbab, a portion of it, and cover what is still exposed. Or they should wear their jilbab and ensure that it is covering their body. Thalika, that is adna. It is closer and yu'rafna that they will be recognized as who? As dignified women, as women who are modest, as women who are not free for sensual consumption. And as a result, fala yu'zain. They will not be annoyed. Notice over here, it is said, ذَلِكَ adna. When they will observe hijab like this, it is more likely that they will be protected. Notice, protection is not guaranteed over here. Because this is what people say, that if you're wearing niqab or hijab or jilbab, it's possible that you still get harassed. And you do. Because there are people who will find any reason to harass a woman. Right? So, ذَلِكَ أَدْنَا أَنْ يُعْرَفْنَ فَلَا يُؤْذَيْنَ Right? We have to do our part of protecting ourselves. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا rahima And Allah is ever forgiving and merciful. Right? Any question? Any confusion? Go ahead. Okay, good question. That in the case where a woman is being harassed because of her hijab, wouldn't it be better to take it off? Her hijab or her niqab? If she's being harassed because of it? I mean, yes, in the sense that 
you could argue that if niqab is not mandatory, then in a case where you are being harassed because of it, then take the niqab off. Right? Okay. But remember, if someone's harassing you because of your hijab, they have a problem with your Islam. Really they do. What are you going to do then? What length are we going to go to in order to please other people? We have to take a stand somewhere. We have to be bold somewhere. Right? So the only objective, remember the only objective of hijab, of niqab, of whatever, is not فَلَا It's not the only objective. It's more than just that. It's also you know, a guard for yourself. It's a reminder to yourself. I have to be careful. I am representing my religion. Right? If I am covering my body, I must also be careful about my thoughts. I must also be careful about my speech. Right? It's a reminder to yourself. So there are many objectives of the hijab. The only object is not just فَلَا يُؤْذَيْنِ Alright? Go ahead. What's the difference between a jilbab and a khimar? Khimar is headscarf. Alright? And jilbab is uh, the cloth that is worn on top of your clothes. Alright? In order to cover your clothes, in order to cover your figure. Now, like I mentioned earlier, ideally, it would be that a portion of the jilbab is taken to cover completely, meaning jilbab should be worn on top of the khimar. But for the sake of convenience, if jilbab is separated and khimar is separated and the objective is achieved, which objective? Of covering, of concealing, then that is perfectly fine. Yes. And abaya, yes, could be jilbab, but remember, proper would be not like tight-fitted sleeves and so fitted that it's more like a dress. You understand? Go ahead. Just two things I would like to add on. Like uh, most women, they are scared that uh, it's happening, so much happening out there in the government level, so it's hard to take it on. So um, I just want to give two examples. One is like when you're crossing the border, and if you're wearing niqab, you can ask them to call a female inspector to uh, check your ID if they force ask you to drop your niqab. And no matter how big the line is, how long you have been waiting and how long people behind you are waiting, they do arrange a lady to come and check your ID. Yeah. So like they don't say no, you don't have to like that's yeah. non-mandatory or something. And also most of you must have heard about that uh, ruling that uh, whenever you have to go for your citizenship oath, you have to wear niqab. That ruling is also got cancelled out. Mm-hmm. People took this case up to the high court and high court did give the decision in a favor of Muslims. Yeah. So even at higher level, there is no problem at all. It's just our own decision. Yeah. And the thing is that even if a woman does not wear niqab, she must still respect it and accept it as part of the religion and fight for it, defending it. Why? Because defending the niqab is defending the hijab, is defending your right to pray and defending your right to observe your religion. Because this is also a part of our religion. Today it's the niqab, tomorrow it will be something else. And I would appreciate if you also explain about the colors and the... Okay, the The colors. Many of us think that black is like the best, all right? And perhaps this understanding has been derived from some ahadith that describe when the sahabiyat would leave the masjid, right? Like for example, the word crows was mentioned, all right? And that is, and there are some other ahadith also that show that they looked really dark, as if giving a sense that they were wearing all black,
But the objective of those ahadith is to show that when the sahabiyat left the masjid after Salatul Fajr, it was still so dark that you couldn't tell the color of their jilbab. Alright? In ahadith we learn, for example, a woman who came wearing a green jilbab, a green shawl. The word green is mentioned. Alright? So it doesn't mean that black is a holy color and black is something that must be worn. No. What's the objective? It should not be attractive in and of itself. Alright? And personally, personally, if you were to ask me, I actually discourage black. Because when I was coming to Canada for the first time ever, I always wore black naqab, okay? And my mother said, change that. You don't need to frighten people for no reason. This is what she told me. She didn't say, take it off. She said, change it. Wear a lighter color. Wear a different color. Right? Because, you know, it happens. The other day I was somewhere and uh, I was wearing dark blue and somebody saw me and they got scared. Muslim. Okay? And I'm like, wow, this is a Muslim. They got scared because of navy blue. Imagine what happens to people who don't even see hijab, you know, in daily life. So we have to be considerate of that. Right? I mean, if it was that yes, black is legislated, then we stick to black. We stick to it. Right? And we will be firm upon it. Even if the haters hate and whatever. We will stick to it. But if black is not legislated, then why should we make it difficult? Exactly. So no harm in wearing color. Alhamdulillah, you've studied the ayat in Surah An-Nur. And you know what is zina and what is not. Right? Assalamu alaikum. Um, when I first like thought about the whole idea of naqab, I thought it's going to be an awesome way of representing Islam. Also, interp- uh, based on the ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, it's going to be a way of protecting um the Muslim woman as well. So then, when I when I put it on my uh, my intention and objective was I'm going to be representing Islam, and this is something that the Sahabiyat used to do. But then, what I didn't realize is that, like you said, the niqab has so many other objectives that it accomplishes without you even realizing. Because you start, um, and it always reminds me of the parable where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says prescribed on you as fasting so that you may attain righteousness. Sisters who start wearing the hijab might realize this as well, but when you start wearing the naqab, now you're representing Islam now. Like there's so many things that stop you, that you stop yourself from doing because you wear it. And not only stop yourself, but it's also very introspective. You start thinking about um, your thoughts, you start thinking about so many other things. And I never knew that simply covering your face with a cloth could even accomplish that much. So many goals. It, it could bring you so many benefits. I remember when I started uh, wearing it, I went back to school. I was extremely careful, careful like I never was before. Seriously. About what I said. And I also felt that expectations also changed. You know, for example, my teachers always expected more from me because I am a very good girl, you know, because I cover myself. You understand? I don't think it's fair that just because a woman covers more should be expected out of her. But it kind of pushed me to work harder. It kind of pushed me to be even better. Because, you know, especially being careful about my speech because nobody can see your smile. 
Nobody can see the expressions of your face. All they can hear is your words and the tone in which you speak. Right? So, you know, it kind of forced me to talk more because I'm generally a very quiet person when it comes to social gatherings. Here I talk a lot, but if ever you sit with me at a dinner table, I'll probably be the person who speaks the least. But it kind of forced me to to speak, to get out of my comfort zone, to get out of my shell, and to communicate my thoughts, to express what I think also, to really get involved. Go ahead. I just wanted to remind everyone, when the man was in stone age, he was naked. He learned to make the clothes and adorn themselves. Now, the civilized man, they want to go back to the stone age and get naked, slowly, slowly. But alhamdulillah, when Allah created Adam yeah, alayhi salam, Allah did dress him with the clothing of Jannah. And in the world also, he made clothes. But this is, you know, something that we, we do need to think about, that it's not being very progressive to take your clothes off. Right? It's actually regressive. Yes. Um, I just want to bring the other point of view too. And uh, mashallah, everybody's wearing um, hijab here and, and uh, people do interact in the same group. And many times we don't realize that, um, I mean, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but just because we dress up a certain way, we don't realize it. Sometimes, sometimes people who are wearing niqab or a bias, without knowing, they kind of put themselves in an exclusive group. And many times, other people who might be Muslims or non-Muslims, they feel that they are not welcome to be part of that group. Sometimes the body language comes that way. I'm sure without even realizing it, that the other people get that idea that you're unapproachable even for the regular um, conversation. And I mean, I have personally have felt in different settings. Mm. While I'm a Muslim see, myself... See, this is something very natural. You generally stick to people who are like you. Right? It's something natural. Who are similar to you, who are dressed in the same way, or who do some things that you do. It's very natural. But yes, you are right that, you know, it's an added responsibility. That we should try even harder to be more approachable, to engage even more with people, to be extra nice, right? Because now, you know, it's not that only our words are calling people, it's also our clothing. So there is no way we can hide Islam. And I think I, I even shared that incident once. And, and my mother used to wear burqa and a lot of, and I came from Pakistan. That's where I grew up. But there was a gathering in our own school. I was a teacher there. And I was even wearing Pakistani outfit. And the boys in MSA were so much active that they were able to get the whole group of Gujarati women there. And it was MSA and we never had that many Muslim women in one place. And school even organized that to keep men and women separate. The boys were part of it. Umashallah arranged the whole thing. And one of their mother was the one who did the cooking. And I was one of the teachers and there were a couple of other teachers. But I found it so interesting that even I found it difficult. I was wearing a dubatta on my head that I didn't know how to go and who to talk to. Like they were all women. None of them approach any teachers just to say hello or hi. And uh, I even found it difficult. And, and the boy who I admire a lot, that mashallah, he did all that, he was so reluctant even to introduce his mother to the female teachers. I think this is also cultural. Because in certain cultures, you know, if you don't know somebody, you don't even look at them. But alhamdulillah, living in the West, even a random passerby, you can talk to him about the weather. You can talk to him about the snow that's falling in New York. 
You know, you can talk to them about any random thing. Even a person that you meet in the elevator. Alhamdulillah. But this is a good reminder that we have to be, you know, more careful because of what we wear. Because we cannot hide our Islam. You know, if Allah wanted, He would not have given this command. He gave this command knowing that Islam would become very visible. And uh, because of that reason, we have to be extra careful. Right? Yes, go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much for uh, discussing this a bit more at length. Um, I just wanted to address the sister who's talking about being harassed with hijab, which is actually a, a real issue even, especially for sisters who made the decision, alhamdulillah, to wear niqab. I just want to point out, and this for me is a martial arts background. I've been doing martial arts for a long time, alhamdulillah. I did it before I was a Muslim, so I can't say how that would happen if I was a Muslim initially. Alhamdulillah. But what I can say is, sisters, uh, and you mentioned it, Ustad, and I think it's so important. Sisters, you really need to take a self-defense class. And I'm not saying necessarily because you will have to fight somebody. And subhanAllah, I'll just be really frank. I've done martial arts for many years, over a decade. I have never been physically in a confrontation. And I think I'll tell you why. Martial art teaches you how to walk. Subhanallah. It's not about arrogance and pride. It's about self-awareness, such that you are actually aware of what is happening around you and who is around you. And in that, you can actually avoid a lot of confrontation. Mm. And it's about the physicality of somebody. A person who will physically attack you manifests in many ways. And I don't know whether you realize that, sisters. They will have a certain body language. And in that, in fact, the first thing we were taught in martial arts is to run. Subhanallah. <laughs> we were taught how to run. And the martial arts instructor told us, the first thing you do is run. You only fight when it is your life is in danger. Because you have no awareness of what that person has. They could have a gun, they could have a knife. And they said, I can teach you all the fancy kicks in the world, but there's no kick that can fight a gun. So, subhanAllah. Get away. So, get away. So, the lesson here is you need martial arts not just to fight somebody, but to be aware of your environment, inshallah. And please don't put your hijab down because at the end, as sister said, what will happen is the next thing is remove everything else. So, subhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah. Over there. I just had a quick question. Mm -hmm. So um, some people say that, you know, if you're lacking in other parts of your, you know, Islam or of your practice, should more focus be placed on that or should, you know, because some people say you should focus on that, improve that more. Uh, and take When that can we claim my salah is perfect? Can we ever claim that? I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it, that you perform a prayer and you're like, I think that was pretty good in terms of khushur. And then what happens in the next salah? Where was my brain? Right? You One day goes really well. You recited your Qur'an, you did your morning adhkar, evening adhkar, you managed to subhanAllah, bihamdi hundred times in the morning, hundred times in the evening, all your adhkar and you're feeling so good. Alhamdulillah, you even got to read Suratul Mulk and Suratul Sajda before you went to sleep. And the next day is different. Isn't it? Because we're human beings. We have to start somewhere. Isn't it? We have to start somewhere. And this is all something that we need to understand. Just because someone is wearing an abaya, a niqab, a hijab, doesn't mean they're perfect. So let's stop expecting perfection from people who do observe hijab. 
This is unfair. That we expect them to be always polite and always engaging and always, you know, very courteous. They're human beings. They will slip. They will be shy. They will be quiet. They will feel like antisocial. They will have social issues. They will have problems in school. They will have problems with their families. This will happen because you're human beings. Yes, a niqabi woman might also fight with her husband. It happens because she's a human being. So let's not think in our minds that wearing you know, hijab, jilbab, niqab is like the height of spiritual perfection. Wow. You know, this is a woman who's already dressed in the clothes of Jannah. No. She is a human being. And at the same time, we need to think that, okay, I have to start somewhere. Right? I have to start somewhere. So let me start here. In fact, I think doing something physical, like wearing the hijab, it actually helps you be more hard on yourself. Because you question yourself, here I am sitting with the hijab and niqab, it's time to pray, get up and pray. You know, you become a little bit more hard with yourself. Okay. If somebody's, for example, family members like husband, uh, father, etc. are not very supportive of, you know, the niqab, something okay. that, you know, it's not wajib by some scholars, is that like worth the fight or? Okay. Don't make a big issue out of it, first of all. Okay? My advice is that, you know, firstly, if you want to do it, you really want to do it, you ask Allah to help you overcome yourself. And you ask Allah to make it easier for you. And you take small steps at a time. Right? So for example, don't go on wearing, you know, a separate piece of cloth as a niqab on your head. Start with, for example, a little bit of, you know, covering the face, a little bit, right? And then cover a little bit more, a little bit more. I know of a sister who lives in Texas, and you know how many Muslims are in Texas. Not that many, right? But she lives there. Her husband's a doctor. MashaAllah, they have a lot of, you know, meeting many different people, not just Muslims, even non-Muslims. And she likes to cover her face. And you could argue that this is part-time niqab. And I think part-time niqab is better than no niqab, if that is what you choose to do. Because فَاتَّقُوا مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ Fear Allah as much as you are able to. Right? So she'll keep it on and she'll take it off, put it back on, depending on how the situation is. Alright? And that's fine, because that is what her situation allows her to do. And at the same time, she really wants to do it. That's just her. She really wants to do it. And if at the same time a woman decides not to do it, you see the difference of opinion and the different narrations that we see, what do they teach us? there is room for people who choose not to wear it. Don't ostracize them. Don't think of them as sinful, as those who are falling behind, as those who are religiously backward. No, don't look down on them. Excellent for those who do it, and for those who don't do it, alhamdulillah. Does that answer your question? So start small, right? And have, you know, if you want to do it, have the intention to do it. Ask Allah to make it easier for you. Start part-time. Maybe in the next five years, maybe in the next ten years. You never know. Right? Assalamu alaikum. I'm asking you this question as someone who's wearing the niqab. I've seen people who wear the niqab in different ways. I've seen some people who have their eyes uh, seen that like you can see it. And some people who cover the complete face. Someone who do practice that and someone who read the hadiths and the two books that you've spent the entire day yesterday, I was wondering if you can just tell us which one you think is the 
as a person is the right way to to I think to each start. person needs to decide for themselves. I am no person to tell you how you should wear it, how you should not wear it. You know, if we have not been taught a specific way of covering, right? We haven't been taught to take a portion of it and cover then whatever you understand whatever is feasible for you easy for you go ahead and do it some people if they put anything on their forehead their head hurts right some people if they have anything on their nose they cannot breathe and women when they're pregnant for example or carrying a baby in a bag how is she supposed to walk and have a niqab and also do grocery shopping you understand this friend of mine she used to joke she used to say that because we'd be at school from morning until evening during exam season and we would both of us would have our niqab on and she would say that if ever we were locked up somewhere to die we would probably both of us would be the last ones to die because we're so used to breathing less oxygen right she would joke about that what you know may Allah keep us safe and protected but this is what she would say you get used to it you do get used to it but honestly it's up to you you see what's best for you go ahead assalamu alaikum we're talking about niqab or scarf or jalabi or everything but what most of us including me, we forget sometimes that this ability God gives to you and it's not easy. Everybody and everybody, they start somewhere. Instead of being happy that this person is wearing a scarf or khamar and coming to the masjid, we judge them. We yes. judge them. The jalabib, the, this ayah, you know, how many people tell me, you have to wear jalabib. I say, okay, I'm wearing long, long jacket. I'm still covering. Jalabib is jalabib. But the idea is you have to cover yourself no matter what you cover and wherever you are. So as a woman, including me, as I said, ask yourself when somebody is wearing a scarf, give them advice but not judge them and not make them like afraid of, oh, if you're not wearing jilabib or this and this, you cannot do this and this. So this is the ability at the end of the day Allah gives and just make dua for everybody. Yes, and each one of us needs to be you know, needs to think about our own selves, right? With respect to the length of the jilbab, this is also a question that is asked a lot. How long does it have to be? It has to be long enough to cover your clothing and long enough to hide your or to conceal your figure. Okay? And because generally your clothing, the clothes that you're wearing are, you know, colorful, right? Or if they're not colorful, they're tight. They could reveal your, you know, the shape of your legs, for example. So depending on what you're wearing, the minimum length of the jilbab has been said to be right below the knees. Minimum length. Okay? When we think of jilbab, we think of abaya. Or we think of this long hijab on top of an abaya. Okay? I want you to think of the time and also the places that, it, that still exist today where fabric is not imported from China. Okay? Black material is not imported from you know, different parts of the world where everyone does not have access to stitched abayas. All right? It's just not accessible. For us, it's accessible. All we have to do is just go to some fancy hijab store and get whatever we want. But many parts of the world, people don't have access to that. Right? So I remember growing up, seeing relatives in my family, women in my family, wearing a huge chadr. You know, a chadr is like a huge shawl. Okay, so wearing that on their heads, making sure that their head is completely covered, and taking it and wrapping it on themselves, and with that part of their face also, and it will be long enough to go right beneath their knees, but you could see their shalwar. Shalwar is like 
pant. Okay? But shalwar, remember, is loose. Okay? So you could see part of their shalwar. And as they walked, sometimes you could even see part of their shirt, a long shirt. Okay? But because it's long and loose, wearing a shawl on top, it's fine because it's covering, it's concealing. Alright? So if, for example, a woman is wearing a long jacket in winter, it's below her knees, and she's wearing pants, loose pants, and on top of that she's wearing her winter boots anyway, there isn't anything wrong with that. Okay? As you said that nikabi and hijabis, they are also human beings. There was a young girl, she told me that she was a very pious girl, all nikab, hijab and all pins. She said, because of my dress, one day saved me from a sin. Because it took time to removing a lot of stuff. And I said that what I am doing. And I couldn't, you know, I saved myself from the sin. Hmm. She couldn't go to zina, up to zina level. Okay. Because of this. So it protected her from zina. Alhamdulillah. Okay. Jazakumullah khairan. Let's look at the ayah one last time and then continue. Ya ayyuhan nabiyyu qul li azwajika wa banatika wa nisa'il mu'minina yudnina alayhinna min jalabibihin thalika adna ayyu'rafna fala yu'dayin وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَّحِيمًا 